We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, this is Megan Rapino, And I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Blue Wire. The Chicago Bulls select Kobe White. Levine with the runway! Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. I'm here with Jason Pat. As always, we're brought to you by the Blue Wire Network. Got a lot of exciting things going on in the network. A new podcast from the gods, Sue Bird and Megan Rapino called A Touch More. That's going to be really awesome. Uh, we're also brought to you by betonline.ag. Uh, Jason, what's going on, man? We got no more Last Dance to talk about, uh, but we still have some fallout from the Last Dance. And the Last Dance news cycle, I think, has been like one of the most active things in sports yeah. uh, during the pandemic. Uh, this week, we got sort of the Jerry Reinsdorf media tour, which happened after the conclusion of the Last Dance, when in the final like 10 minutes of the last episode, while everything leading up to that sort of focused on Jerry Krause being the main villain, finally there was like some onus put on Reinsdorf. Uh, and we saw Reinsdorf try to like spin the premature end of the dynasty, saying that, you know, Steve Kerr, uh, Tony Kukoc, Scotty Pippen, a lot of the players were going to be free agents to be, and that they were basically going to price themselves out of, you know, what the Bulls wanted to pay them to bring them back, uh, coming off the you know, three straight championships. Um, Jordan then appears on the documentary, of course, and says, you know, it eats at me every day that we'll never know if we could have won seven. So Jerry Reinsdorf's response to that has been talking to a bunch of reporters. He talked to Casey Johnson. He talked to Ramona Shelburne at ESPN. He talked to Darnell Mayberry at The Athletic. And uh, Jerry gave some pretty interesting quotes. He did. Yeah, he's definitely very he was very defensive, kind of like he clearly because he even said in the KC one, it started. I think Ramona's dropped like right after. And that was first. And he talked that one talked a lot about Phil and about how Phil just like wasn't going to come back. Uh, and then there was a bit about Jerry Krause and how like 
and one of the main things he said there was that he's like, oh, well, I'd never made a choice between Jerry Krause and Phil Jackson. It's like, well, I feel like that's one of the problems here, Jerry. Like, you never made that choice. You just kind of like tried to get them like back together. But anyways, the KC one was really funny because like that one dropped, I think, the next later on Monday after that last episode. And he basically said he was mad. He was he was he was upset about about uh, like just Jordan's like reaction and saying that, oh, like that we would have come back, that everyone would have come back. We, we would have taken like was Jordan mentioned, like, oh, we would have taken one year deals, like even Pippen would have done it. And uh, let me pull up the exact quote because he he was definitely just like upset. He's like, he was like, I'm, I was not pleased. How about that? Basically was the answer to Casey about that. And he went on, he's like, you know, like I had conversations with Michael then and, you know, private conversations. I'm going to keep those private. But like when we talked then, like, uh, he's basically like, Oh, like the, the feeling I got was that MJ didn't think we'd be a championship team. Like after that. And then, so just all of that. And then obviously we talked about this after the last dance, he talked about the market value. And you mentioned that with like Pippen Kerr, some of those free agents, the whole market value thing, which is like classic financial champs, hashtag Jerry Reinsworth bull stuff. And then at the end, he said it with Darnell as well. He kind of said something similar to Darnell. He came out and said that they would not have won. Even if they all came back, he came out and flat out said that they would not have won that seventh title. Just took it right off the board. Like I have my doubt, my own doubts about them winning that seventh title. I mean, we, we saw them. Jerry is right about how they kind of seemed gassed by the end of the 98 finals. They kind of, they gutted that one out. It was tough, but to come out and say that that team, if Michael Jordan was back and if they would have brought back Pippen to say that they definitely would not have won in that lockout shortened season, which probably would have helped them. They probably would have been, been maybe the batteries would have been recharged a little more. I got, I mean, I don't, I'm not totally sure, but maybe it would have to say that they wouldn't have won was absolutely crazy. So it, a lot of it was just like Jerry just kind of covering his ass for how everything ended. And I know like, I feel like it does not sit that well with me. Like say whatever you want. Like even, I know some people like say, Oh, the dynasty ended like in perfect fashion with MJ finishing that. But Zach Lowe then did he, and his like his things that he likes weekly column that he has on Fridays. He was like, he said that basically his like exact words was that Jerry Ryan sort of dishonored the championship team by basically not putting in enough of an effort to bring them back. And, and that the, he's like, Oh, the, there's something noble in watching a champion, even if they fall short, like, yeah, they they ended on a great note, but even if they fall short, just to see them at least get that opportunity is great. And we didn't get to see that. And Jerry's just been on this whole media tour because it's because Jerry never talks. So like this, getting all these quotes from him, it's like it's been really kind of surreal because we never really hear him talk about the current Bulls or anything like that. So he's been just going on this whole thing. So uh, it was definitely kind of annoying. I wrote something at Bloggable. Go check it out. Kind of recapping all this stuff and some of these quotes about him kind of moving back into that villain role that Krauss had kind of Krauss had been the punching bag for most of the last dance. And then it's been kind of turned to Jerry and uh, it was just definitely, definitely kind of annoying reading those quotes. And I guess it feels good to complain about bulls management again. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Uh, I think that, you know, my main thing on this is still that Jordan was definitely the guy who wanted to come back the most, I think. Right. And at the time, I think that, uh, you know, I was a kid, but I bought into the fact that there was, you know, something to Jordan where he wanted to go out on top. I think that uh, that was probably totally misplaced. Like, I don't think that that was really <laughs> accurate. Like, six wasn't good enough for Jordan. He wanted to keep going to see how many he could win. If you look at his basketball reference page, though, like Jordan's play really declined in 98, at least in terms of like true shooting percentage and win shares. Now, obviously, Pippen was out. For a lot of that year, Jordan had to carry such a huge load. He led the league in usage rate that year. He actually led the league in usage rate 96, 97, and 98, played all 82 games. So he had a lot of wear and tear on his body. I think that 
you know, Jordan was starting to decline from his peak in 90. Oh, yeah. To me, there's no doubt about that. And then it's like, okay, so even if you have Jordan and Jordan's coming back and he's going to still be MJ and he's still going to be, you know, one of the greatest players in the league, still arguably the best player in the league in 99, uh, who would have been there with him? I think that Phil was really ready for a break. And I think the Phil Kraus relationship was just totally beyond repair. The same thing can be said times two for Scottie Pippen. I think there was no way Pippen was coming back. Pippen got something like a $60 million deal from Houston, I believe. Yeah, the Bulls uh, helped him out. They like did it instead five, of him just like signing, they did a sign and trade. It was like five years. I think he ended up getting almost 80 million with like incentive stuff. So they did help Pippen out there. So they at least did that. <laughs> so the question is like, would Pippen have returned to the Bulls? for that contract. Now the Bulls didn't want to give him that contract because right, yeah. they felt like his body was breaking down, they weren't going to do it. But like, yeah, we talk about how it was a non-starter. Well, what was a starter for the Bulls like, you know, putting Dalibor Bogarich on the floor and right. rebuilding your team around Ron Mercer? Uh so I really feel like Pippen most likely was going to be gone anyway. Like where the Bulls really went wrong in this is that they should have renegotiated Pippen's contract when he was still performing at a high level in the mid-90s, like especially when MJ retired. I know that Reinsdorf is still paying Jordan his bowl salary to play baseball, but that's where like a lot of the animosity really started to like reach a uh, crescendo. And by 98, you know, Pippen had the famous quote, my favorite part of The Last Dance was when Pippen said, you know, I wasn't going to fuck up my summer. Yeah by getting knee surgery in the summer like instead he waited to uh you know the season was that a knee surgery or was it i think it was like a foot surgery surgery, something like that so uh i think there was just so much animosity between pippen so pippen would have been most likely gone i think uh now like a real owner could have just been like Screw it. We'll bring back Scotty Pippen. We'll pay him whatever he wants. Right. I think yeah, and just to interject here, like because Reinsdorf said like no way he takes a one year deal. They could have offered him 14 million for one season to come back. He probably would not have taken that. But they again, I don't even think they even like asked him the way that I that was Reinsdorf brought it up in all these interviews. Like it doesn't seem like they even asked him to come back on a one year deal at that money. But then yeah, the give Scotty a five year deal. The Rockets got traded him one year later anyways like if they, they were if they were worried about the long contract like you if you try the one more year and then it just doesn't work out then just go go trade him like it's not like you couldn't have traded him because the rockets literally did it a year later and they, they traded him to portland because the bulls the bulls got i think what it was like roy rogers and like i think a draft pick out of the pippen sign and trade so it's like it's not like they really got anything anyways so like you could have just given pippen his, pippen his money and then if you could have traded him down the line like it's not like he would have been untradeable like he still had some decent years left after that so i feel like that is they definitely just did not try hard enough they just like it just like it was again it was like a non-starter giving pippen that money which is kind of unfortunate because I, I feel like that probably helped drive jordan out even if i know jordan had the thing where he wouldn't play for anybody anybody but phil i feel like if there was like a better I don't know, relationship or if they would have let Michael pick his, pick a new coach that maybe him and Pippen both would have come back. If they would have paid Pippen, they bring in somebody else, even if Phil wants to leave. Like, I feel like they probably could have at least run it back that way. Like we will never know that. Obviously just, this is us yammering from the outside, but it just certainly seems like they did not Ryan Zorf and Krauss did not put, they just what they wanted to start fresh. They knew that they'd still like rake in the money. They were still drawing big crowds, even during those shitty rebuild years, at least the first couple of years. So they, they didn't want to pay all that money for a team that might not win. 
and they just kind of let it happen. They didn't just it just it doesn't seem like they tried hard enough. Now, kind of here's what they could have done, though. Like, Krauss was obviously so obsessed with rebuilding. Like, he just loved being a scout, and he loved the idea of rebuilding. And I think partially because he loved the idea of getting credit for the team's success. And that in Krauss's head, you know, if he somehow could have extended the dynasty by trading Pippen and then, like, bringing in, let's say, T-Mac and Grant Hill or something, and, you know, then the team doesn't miss a beat and is again... Uh, you know, competing for championships, then Krauss suddenly looks like even more of a genius. But why didn't they just try like a Band-Aid rebuild is the real question where, like you said, you could let MJ pick the coach. Okay, so Pippen's gone. That's fine. Like, go get Barkley. Like Barkley changed teams too, right? Uh, yeah. Or you know, right in that timeline. And I saw something on Twitter. He I can't went to the Rockets. Now, yeah, I I, I, yeah. I I was looking for it on Twitter. I can't find it now. But there was a quote where Barkley said that like he would have come to the Bulls for the minimum or for a smaller salary to play with Jordan. So like I think most likely, uh, Pippen would have been gone. And then Reinsdorf's thing where he was like, we'd have to rebuild the whole team. It wouldn't have it wouldn't have been doable to build a championship team, turn over the roster. Well, I mean, the whole story of the Bulls dynasty is like there's Michael, there's Scotty, and then there's everyone else, pretty much. So why don't you think that Kraus, who supposedly is this brilliant scout with this brilliant eye for talent, couldn't have like picked out some veterans and rebuilt the team around Jordan, another veteran co-star, perhaps Barkley, and you know, just let him make short-term rebuild moves instead of long-term rebuild moves. Now, Krauss never really seemed interested in the short-term rebuilding moves. Uh, I guess he did flip over the roster in the two years or the year and a half Jordan was away between the two three-peats, but he should have just tried to do it again. And you had Jordan who, yeah, he basically barely got through the 98 playoff stretch. But uh, if he wanted to come back, you obviously had the lockout. He obviously had the injury with the cigar cutter too. So all these are variables, but for Reinsdorf to say that there was no way the bulls could have won another championship because they would have had to flip out, let's say the fourth through, or even like the second through 10th best players on the roster. Like it would have been possible because you had Michael Jordan. And you still had Tony Kukoc, who uh, was really good in the 97 and 98 playoffs. He probably could have been, uh, you know, primed for a bigger role. That would have made Kraus look even smarter if Kukoc became like an all-star caliber player instead of just being a great sixth man. So uh, I just wonder why that didn't happen. And, you know, there was just like no effort. I think that you really hit it on the head where you said like Reinsdorf just didn't make a huge effort to keep the dynasty going. He didn't make any hard choices. And I think that that's really, uh, really what happened. Yeah. It's a shame. They, and they clearly were just, were fine rebuilding. And there were some other great story, unfortunate stories. I, I brought this up in the bloggable article, but when you mentioned like Grant Hill, T-Mac and Tim Duncan about, I think it was Corey Benjamin was, and that some other old beat writer was quoted talking about them going after those guys in like 2000. Uh, we all remember like the love of bulls, and like Benny, the bull at the airport and all that stuff. But Corey Benjamin, I think was shared an agent with, I can't remember who he shared an agent with, but he basically admitted that or T-Mac told him and like Jermaine O'Neal, I think were another guy with the, like uh, that the bulls lowballed them and they were like resting on their laurels. I was like, we're the bulls, like this legendary franchise. You should like, it should be an honor to come here to play. And it was just like, just classic stuff. It's just super annoying. Uh, before we talk, I have some final last dance thoughts, some other follow-up stuff. Before that, let's take a quick word from our sponsor, Bet Online. 
There's no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, Bet Online. NASCAR is back, and Bet Online has hundreds of other games, events, and sports to get in on. You can still bet on simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC events 24 7. Or you can participate in a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge, a March Madness style NFL simulation tournament you can enter for free. And live right now on Bet Online's YouTube channel, you'll find an exclusive interview with ex Chicago Bulls Ron Harper, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, Craig Hodges to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary and what they're calling the final dance. So visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all the action. It's BetOnline, your online wagering solution. We're back, Cash Consideration, a Chicago Bulls podcast. Something we mentioned there on the ad read was the, the Bet Online, the interview uh, with guys like Horace Grant, Ron Harper. You go, please go check that out again. Uh, Horace Grant, for one, has been has been real uh, real salty and real and spicy with his criticism of of MJ. He he called him a snitch for because obviously MJ kind of called him out for being the source for Jordan rules, and we Horace has denied that. Uh, I think we know for a fact that it, there was a lot of people. There were Sam Smith's source. I think there were members of the coaching staff. There were other players. Certainly, was Horace Grant did, did not deserve to be singled out like that. And Horace has been really pissed about that. Uh, he also is. He also did not like how Scotty was portrayed. That's been included in some of these these interviews. And again, you'll see a lot. Of, I mentioned Ron Harper, Bill Cartwright, Horace Grant. Some of these final thoughts. And Hor- it's been really interesting to see Horace Grant just kind of go off on Michael and how things. Uh, went there. Do you have any, any quick thoughts on Horace Grant getting all spicy on oh us? Oh my God, Horace's quotes are unreal. I was just looking at him uh, for the first time and yeah, I'm just going to read some of these because they're pretty wild if you haven't seen them already. This is a quote from Horace, quote, I would say the documentary was entertaining, but we know who was there as teammates that about 90% of it was BS in terms of the realness of it. It wasn't real because a lot of the things Jordan said to some of his teammates that his teammates went back at him, but all of that was kind of edited out of the documentary documentary, if you even want to call it that. Then he says, Jordan felt he could dominate me, but that was sadly mistaken. Grant said, because whenever he went at me, I went right back at him. But in terms of Will Purdue, Steve Kerr, the young man, Scott Burrell, that was heartbreaking to watch to see a guy, a leader to go at those guys like that. I understand in terms of practicing, you have to push and shove here and there, but outright punching teammates and things of that nature, calling them B's and H's that were <laughs> called for. Uh, and then there's another part where Horace says, lie, lie, lie. If MJ had a grudge with me, let's settle this like men. Let's talk about it. Or we can settle it another way. Way. But yet, <laughs> but yet and still, he goes out and puts this lie out that I was the source behind the Jordan rule. Sam Smith and I have always been great friends. We're still great friends. But the sanctity of the locker room, I would never put anything personal out there. The mere fact that Sam Smith was an investigative reporter, that he had to have two sources, two to write a book, I guess. Why would MJ just point to me? So... Horace coming in real hot. I think that Jordan and Horace have beef for a lot of reasons. uh, But man, Horace really defending himself in the face of MJ in a way you almost never see anyone call out Jordan like that. Like everyone is so much respect for Jordan, but Horace just like really was treating him more like a guy than a god. Yeah, and there was, was there was one story that came out that like about Jordan. I think was like stealing Horace's food. Like it was something goofy like that. And Horace was like, "No, man, I would have whooped his ass if he would have done that or something like that." Like he just no, yeah, he was not having any of this. Uh, because there were also, I think he, I mentioned this that Horace said that he didn't like how Scotty was portrayed. There were reports out there that Pippen himself is not happy with how he's portrayed. Like 
I, I, I guess I'm not really, t- obviously they did show the migraine stuff and like the 1.8 second stuff. Uh, I, at, they, they did leave out like the, the iconic, uh, son, the mailman doesn't deliver on Sunday. So like, I know I, there were some parts of it where I feel like maybe Scotty could be upset. I'm not totally sure why he would be like super mad, but clearly uh, according to reports, Pip was not happy. Horace came out and flat out said it. They didn't think Scotty was treated fairly in that. So it's just kind of interesting how some of this fallout and so with some of the former players and guys like Horace Grant being mad and who knows exactly what Pippen's feeling. Maybe he'll come out and say it, but he, I don't think he's come out publicly yet. I don't think I've seen any public comments from him yet on it, but there have just been reports out there that he was not upset or that he was upset. So very interesting. Obviously last dance is now over, even though there's the st- fallout still coming. It was a great way to spend time during this pandemic, gave us plenty of content, but now let's move. Let's look forward. Uh, the, there is a lot of talk about the season coming back. There has been some actual Bulls news in the last couple of weeks as uh, the new front office of our church, Karnasovas and Mark Eversley, making some decisions on the staff. We found out that Jeff Tanaka, longtime trainer, is gone. Uh, he was, he's been around since he was around when, when Fred cleared Fred Tedeschi. Fred cleared him. He, I think he kind of like took over his role. I can't remember exactly the roles there, but Jeff Tanaka, longtime guy in the, with the training staff, he is out. Obviously, the Bulls and their injuries has been a major talking point for years, and we, and it's hard to uh, to say just like how much the training staff and all that can be blamed for injuries. Obviously, the Bulls had some very unique situations with like with like Omer Sheik's leg and Lou Aldang's spinal tap and that kind of stuff. Like, I don't know how much blame should we put on Jeff Tanaka. And then, I mean, recently we've there have been a lot of injuries in recent years as well. Hard to say, but they are clearly going to make a move there. There is also mo- some moves on the. Uh, the player development, Sean Respert, is gone. Uh, they are keeping around Nate Lonser, who is one of the, an assistant, and I believe he's the Windy City Bulls head coach. So he is saying he's an Iowa State guy, Ames Mafia right there. So, uh, like I said, a few changes on the coaching staff. We still don't know really anything about Jim Boylan's future. That might more be tied to when they can actually get back in the facility and have conversations. I do wonder if they're going to keep him around if the Bulls actually come back and play more games, which we will get into shortly here. But do you have any quick thoughts about any of these uh, coaching staff or just the staff moves? Well, I remember when Eversley was hired, one of the things he said was he couldn't believe they only had one guy uh, in charge of player (laughs) Player development. development. So that was Respert. Uh, You know, just like some of the reporting around that was really confusing. Like it basically said that Boylan made the decision to let go of Respert. Is that correct? It was weird. Yeah, it was because it was there was like that was part of it, and then it was like Respert claimed that he was looking for something bigger. So they they like boil and decide to let him go and look for something bigger because it wasn't going to happen here. It was definitely very strange the way it was reported initially. Yeah, so you know, I hope that like when we heard that there was going to be multiple hires within the front office, like we've gotten that for the Bulls so far, but there needs to be a lot more hires and a lot more investment within the organization i think before the bulls can really start to turn it around player development's a huge part of that they got to get a shooting coach they have to have guys uh you know just be more specialized in terms of their focus like i feel like half the nba teams have psychiatrists on staff at this point and uh you know teams just really have bigger staffs than the bulls so i think that the bulls have always been sort of a small operation and that they they need to flush it out if they're going to, you know, rebuild this thing from the ground up. And I still think it's going to be a long haul. But, uh, you know, most of what we've heard so far has been pretty encouraging. And uh, I'm definitely ready for us to have some new stuff to talk about and for just like a new new guys making the decisions for the franchise. 
Absolutely. Uh, and as again, as we move forward here, uh, there has been a lot of movement on the return, possible return to play of the NBA season and possibly the return of the Bulls. I keep saying I really don't want the Bulls to come back. Like, just, I just want to like start fresh next season. But a lot of reporting over this Memorial Day weekend about the NBA making their push to return to action uh, with uh, Adrian Wojnarowski has had a big report on Friday. Sham Sharania at the Athletic had his own big report just about some of the some of the uh, like ideas that they're throwing out. And they're considering right now. It sure looks like it's going to be in Disney World. It looks like they're trying. They're hoping that they can restart games, whether it's regular season or playoffs, in either mid mid July, late July. I know Spencer Dinwiddie came out with a tweet saying, "Oh, he heard like July fifteenth. With uh, obviously they'd have to go. They'd have to do a training camp beforehand, and that." I think they, I believe they would like to make a decision probably next week. I think June first, maybe early June. They're going to pro- try to make a final decision there. They're having obviously conversations with Disney. They came out with an official statement yesterday about these conversations they are having with Disney World. Obviously, the NBA with Disney, there is a relationship there. It makes it kind of makes sense there over Vegas. I understand why they're trying to do that. I'm still skeptical about how this is all going to work with the whole bubble thing. But again, it looks like they are definitely going to at least retry. We know there's just so much money on the line. But it looks like they're also considering some kind of interesting things. We've seen stuff talk about 70-game regular seasons or like 70 uh, – Sh- Shams had like 72 or 76 games. We know that they there's a lot of teams have a 70-game threshold for that local TV money. So that's kind of why they want to return. There's also some other options for the playoffs. They could either just jump in right now. We know that both conferences kind of have their playoffs set. There's like – obviously the East is basically set. The West does have a handful of teams that are like three, three and a half games out. And I know a lot like Pelicans fans and Blazers fans would like a chance uh, to make to catch up to the Grizzlies who have the eighth seed right now. Obviously, it's a unique situation. I personally think that they should just go right into the playoffs in mid-July and hold a normal, whatever, hold a normal playoffs. You can do all your best of seven series, but it sure seems like they want to do some type of regular season so that they can get this TV money. So, And then they're also talking about stuff like playoffs plus where they have like play in tournaments, which could potentially keep the Bulls alive. Because I know the NHL is doing their whole like 2014 playoffs. And I think it was Rob Schaefer at NBC Sports Chicago tweeted how like the Bulls right now have like the 24th best record in the league. So if the NBA did like a top 24 thing, the Bulls would be like the last seed. I again, I if I really do not care to see the Bulls play again this season, I would like them to just make fire Jim Boylan, look, start fresh, move forward to next season. But what do you think? Would you like to see the Bulls come back and play in like a play-in tournament or something like that? Like, what do you think of, any, of some of these ideas? No, I don't want to see any more Bulls basketball. I never <laughs> want to see Jim Boylan coach another game. So forget that. I think that there is a lot of like local TV money on the line, which is part of the reason why uh, they've talked about like finishing out a certain number of regular season games. Even if it's not 82, maybe all these teams come back and finish out up to like 77 games. But then the thought is that like maybe you're putting more people at risk by putting right, them exactly. in the bubble. So, yeah, I would love to see them just jump straight into the playoffs. I think that the playoff plus format is pretty interesting. If you could make it smaller, like it doesn't need to be extended all the way to 24 teams, but uh, that could be a good way to maybe experiment with, you know, the future of an in-season tournament, which could be another revenue stream for the league, uh, just like from TV money that you could get out of that. But what I'm really curious about here is like how this is going to affect the 2020-2021 season and when the season's going to end. So if the games really start in mid-July, I don't think you're going to jump straight into the playoffs either way, right? Like you're either going to have a few regular season games 
or like more than a few or maybe even like some preseason games. But then we're talking. When's the season going to end is my biggest question, because in Shams's article, basically they sent out a survey to all the GMs. And one of the questions was like, what do you think should be the latest possible day for the season to finish Labor Day? September 15th, October 1st, October 15th, or no- November 1st. Dude, like, if the season's going till That's insane. October 15th, it's crazy. If you're going to start on <laughs> Christmas, like, these guys need a break. Uh, I'm sure that, like, a lot of the players already aren't thrilled with the idea of coming back, you know, just because of the safety concerns and also because they enjoy their off season. Uh, but clearly, like, the league needs money. The league is already, like, I think doubled its line of credit and they're reporting that they're losing, I think I read somewhere, a million dollars a day. Like whenever I read numbers like that about uh, wealthy people, I always <laughs> read it with a bit of skepticism. But like there's no doubt if you just look at uh, how many businesses around the country have been impacted by the pandemic that I'm sure the league is like bleeding money. There's no doubt. And the players want to get paid too. And the players <laughs> so, want to get paid too. So uh I don't know. It seems like there's really no easy answers for this still. I think that the league's going to try to come back. But man, could you imagine if like a few guys got coronavirus and then it spread to some more people like it would really be a disaster. And I think that uh, it's Adam Silver's legacy on the line. And it's like the respect for the league as like being held up as this like progressive token within american sports you know what i mean and uh they're risking that by trying to return and i i get it but uh it's i think there's still a lot of variables and there's a lot of questions with just trying i mean there to definitely is because like yeah and especially i mean if they want to bring more teams back like that's just adding to the amount of people that you need in the bubble you also have to consider the other people that like have to take care of the players and i know they were reporting about how they're going to try to limit the amount of like players that, like, like the traveling parties but then again you need people to take care of the players and all these other staff members and they've already kind of talked about how they don't think that like one positive test would shut things down like they'll whatever they'll isolate the person quarantine them but what if you get a couple what if there is like an outbreak and they're like i'm really curious like how they would handle that like this is, there are still just so many questions there and like if they do if they do actually do come back for regular season games or like do like if I were the Bulls, like you can laugh at them, like oh they don't really have like anybody that worth much of anything. Like I wouldn't play anybody like worth the damn. Like I'm going out and playing bums. Like I'm playing like Adam Akoka and Shaq Harris in like 45 minutes and like Felicio like 45 minutes a game. Like I'm not playing Zach Levine in five regular season games to finish this dumb season. Like not a chance. Like I'm assuming they could. I like I don't know if they could just like make up injuries. Like I don't know how, if they can just kind of BS a way around it to at least, so they at least get paid still. But like, I wouldn't want to, like, I know these guys probably do want to play just because, I mean, they love playing basketball. But, like, if I was anybody, like, if you're, like, the Warriors, like, I don't want Steph Curry coming back and playing and or Draymond Green playing in these games. Like, not a chance. It's like, I, I wonder if that's why they're, like, they're considering these other, like, playoffs plus and, like, play and stuff. So, like, there's an incentive. But they've already played 80% of the season. Like, again, you already, you've played that much of the season. You've had... You got all the the playoffs are basically set. Just like if you can still kind of have a somewhat normal champion. I know there's people will talk about asterisks and stuff, but you can still kind of have a normal playoffs, a normal champion. But you've played all the season, like you can kind of still kind of do it. Right. I know you talked about how they want to like they've been talking about playing tournament stuff anyways, and like using it, using it for the future. I mean, maybe sure, why not? But like, I don't know. Like, I, I I'm ready for this bowl season to be officially done for sure. So like, 
I'm, I, I just hope they go back into the playoffs. But I know some. I know guys would like some games. Like he's mentioned preseason. Like they probably could use some games to get warmed back up. They're going to have this training camp because I, I'm worried about injuries too. Like set aside the coronavirus health stuff. Like these guys coming back from all this time off. I know some guys have been working out a lot and all that kind of stuff. But like I feel like I worry about injuries, especially if they're going to try to condense games and the schedule. Like we'll see. There's again, like you said, there's just so many variables, and it'll be really, really interesting to see what they decide on and how they react to stuff that happens when they come back. If they, assuming they do come back, it sure seems like they're going to do everything they can to come back, though. Like the fact yeah, that we already absolutely. have a host with Disney World, and we have like sort of a rough timeline, and there's like, like we said, still some things to sort out, but. The league's going to try to do this, so yep. we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, anything else? Any other final thoughts? I think we're good here. I think we're good, too. All right, awesome. Uh, happy Memorial Day, everybody. It's been a finally a beautiful weekend here in Chicago. It's been really nice. I know it did rain. There were some storms yesterday, but for the most part, yesterday was great. Today is beautiful. Uh, so that's been really nice. Uh, we'll obviously be on the lookout for news coming out for the season. If there's any other bulls news, we will, if anything happens, we will be here to talk to you guys about that in the next, in the coming weeks. Uh, but for this week, as always shout out to bet online, shout out to, uh, Megan Rapino and Sue bird and their, and the new podcast they have a touch more. It's great. Please go listen to that. Uh, for us cash considerations, please rate and review us. Give us five stars. We're, we're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, Google Play, all those places. Wherever you listen to your pods, please do give us that feedback. So for Cash Considerations, a Chicago podcast, from Jason and Ricky. Happy Memorial Day, guys. Take it easy. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.